Tonight's episode of Legacy Battle is brought to you by Atlas Benefits. Atlas Benefits has solutions for your insurance needs. Atlas Benefits can help you obtain Medicare, health, or life insurance, and employee benefits. You can find them on the web at www.atlasbenefits.com. Or you can contact Rob Ducey or Roy Smith at 727-600-2892 and mention Legacy Battle Podcast. Atlas Benefits has all the solutions for your insurance needs. Enjoy the show. This is Legacy Battle. Make sure you hit subscribe on whatever you're listening to. YouTube, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, Safari, Google Podcasts, Facebook, you name it. Hit that subscribe button. I am Michael Adams, creator of Legacy Battle. My panelists tonight from the Gridiron Battle Zone, Brian King. From Steelers Nation South, Rollo Cawthon. Penn State Collegiate All-Star, Kevin Adams. Our special guest tonight is a former NHL goalkeeper, goaltender. We're talking hockey, not soccer night. Goaltender. 16 years with the Caps and one season with Tampa Bay. He's a two-time All-Star, first-team All-NHL. You may disagree with this upcoming comment, but he is the single-handed reason why they made it to the Stanley Cup Finals. He's, I'm sure he disagrees with that, but in 98, it was, it, was, it was only the goalie. Listen to this trophy case. King Clancy, Prince of Wales, Jack A. Butterfield, Hap Holmes, Memorial Award, 2000, Vesna winner. Probably the best goalie. I don't think there's a lot of argument in it in Capitals history. Oli Kolzik. Oli, thank you for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. There'd be some argument. I, I, I would uh, I would give Braden Holpe a few votes there. Yeah, he was solid too, but you had, you had the longevity, so I'm, I'm giving it to you. Okay. <laughs> so our, our debate tonight, we're going to be debating some goalies of an era here tonight. Four goalies. We'll give us some info, vote at the end of the night, see who we thought was the best. That's why we brought on a, a Vesna winner here in Oli. And now uh, we'll have a Q&A with him after the debate. So we're going to start tonight with the Dominator, Dominic Hasek. All right, Dominic Hasek, the Dominator. Played professionally from 1980 to 2011, 31 years. Wait, did I just say 1980? Hasek got his pro start at the age of 16. In the Czech Extraliga, um, he was the youngest professional hockey player ever. Uh, by 1986, he started uh, a four-season uh, streak of winning goaltender of the year for that league. And he won the golden hockey stick for league MVP in 87, 89, and 90. And he helped his team to league championships in 87 and 89. So a great career even before he got to the NHL. In uh, 1991, he makes his NHL debut with the Chicago Blackhawks, uh, backing up Eddie Belfour. We'll get more to Eddie later on. Um, in the 91-92 Stanley Cup Finals, uh, he really sort of put himself out there when he really wowed the crowd with a couple of amazing stops against uh, Kevin Stevens and Mario Lemieux on breakaways uh, during the finals there. This attracted a lot of attention from NHL GMs. In the summer of 1992, Buffalo Sabres acquired Hasek, and a year later, he secured the starting job. He immediately rewarded Buffalo's trust in him by winning not one, not two. I'm not going to do the LeBron thing, but he won six Vezina trophies between 1994 and 2001. Uh, only Jim Carrey and some guy named Olaf Kozig were able to break that streak of Vezina trophies during that span of time. Um, so now I know Kevin, he loves the stats and everything. So I'm going to throw out some of Hasek's stats that I'm very impressed with. Six consecutive seasons, the Dominator led the NHL in save percentage. And his 922 save percentage is the best career total in NHL history. He had back-to-back -back seasons. He had the lowest goals against average. 
His career average of 2.20 is lower than any of the goalies we are talking about tonight. And how about shutouts? Hasek led the NHL four times, and his 13 shutouts in the 97-98 season is the fourth highest total in NHL history. Uh, so enough stats. Let's talk about trophies. In 1998, Hasek became the first goaltender in NHL history to win the Hart Trophy for most outstanding player in the league a second time. And twice with the, with the Detroit Red Wings, he hoisted the Stanley Cup at the end of the season. And he was very close to another one with the Sabres, but there was that whole Brett Hall thing. Not going to get into that. Moving on. Uh, there was no goaltender quite like the Dominator. He was possibly the most flexible goalie the game's ever seen. And he made many highlight reel type miracle saves with that patented flop and hassock roll. We all know about it. So I truly believe that this legend is the goaltender goat. I'll just point out that when we had Kevin Stevens on, he said that Brett Hall was a that was a good goal. He called it a good goal. So it was controversial. It's controversial. controversial. There you go. All right. <laughs> Oli, Oli, let me come to you. Dominic has explained style. He, <laughs> it was a style of his own, really. I mean, you can't call it butterfly. You could just call it maybe flop and roll around. <laughs> what are your thoughts on the Dominator style? And, and he, he led some teams that weren't super talented uh, otherwise to the Stanley Cup. Yeah, his his style was unique. Um, to the uh, to the casual observer, it probably looked like he didn't know what he was doing out there. Um, but believe me, he did. And I, I think... That was probably Dom's biggest strength is that he always kept shooters guessing. Um, you know, with the other goalies that are mentioned that you're going to mention in this uh, in this podcast, they all had pretty much consistent styles. You kind of knew how they played. Um, but with Dom, he was a very, very, very smart player. And, uh, you know, I was, I was really thinking going into this podcast, you know, about who the GOAT is and – you know, you got all these stats, and 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 um, I really think that he is probably the one that should be the goat, even though he doesn't get the attention that say a Wall or Berdur does, um, just because of what he's done with the teams he's been on. I mean, you look at his awards. I mean, it's 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 incredible that you know a goaltender wins one Hart Trophy, much less two. Um, you know, two-time Stanley Cup champion, six Vesnas. I mean, I think part of the reason I won my Vesna is because Dom was hurt most of the year that year. And I think I actually thanked him in my acceptance speech uh, when I got the <laughs> award. I actually thanked him for, for missing that year. Um, I, I really, uh, truly believe that he, he uh, I don't think you'll ever see a goalie quite like that. I think Tim Thomas maybe was a close second, but it wasn't nearly the type of... Uh, uh, obviously, dominance that that that, uh, that Dom had. Kevin, back in that time period, if you wanted to win a Stanley Cup, you went to the team that bought it all the time, Detroit. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, it was definitely his time. He, he was due to win one. I don't think he was going to win one in Buffalo. Um, so him going over to Detroit, close. he was close. He Very was. Yeah, and uh, but I think you know Detroit always had the star power. I mean, we had a, the one show we talked about their one team nine, in '98. They had like twelve Hall of Famers. Like no, that was the 02, uh, 2002 team you were talking about. Two thousand two team, Hall, uh, Robitaille, and all them. Well, I think even the '98 team that I had repped, they had like eleven or twelve Hall of Famers on it. Um, yeah, I mean, he went there and he he got his cup. And well-deserved. I mean, his career, he, he has the numbers. He should have gotten a championship, and I'm glad that he did with my second favorite team, Detroit. <laughs> but we'll see if he gets the votes later on tonight. Let's move on to Patrick Waugh. St. Patrick. <laughs> to me, the greatest goalie ever because a lot of the goalies we see now emulate his butterfly style. So, I mean, when you can – inspire a generation of players to play much like you. That says a lot about your, your legacy. But talking about, uh, you know, uh, St. Patrick, he played 11 years with the, the, the Montreal Canadiens, eight years with the Avalanche, won two Stanley Cup titles for each, each franchise. Um, 
2004 and 2021, he was selected by the uh, pro sports writers, uh, greatest goalie of all time. Um, and he came in. I mean, when he was his rookie year, he averaged 3.36 goals against average. Throughout the rest of his career, only one season did he have over three goals, three goals against. Um, in 80, 89, 90, 92, he shared the, uh, um, he won the Vazina Trophy. 87, 88, 89, he won the Jennings Trophy that he shared with Brian, Brian Hayward. In 92 and 2002, he won the Jennings Trophy. Um, he's got the most postseason wins ever, as you guys know. And when I talk about, you know, greatest players of all time, I always mention their postseason marks. In the four Stanley Cup uh, runs that they made when he was the goalie, in 85-86, the regular, his regular season goals against average was 3.36 with a 87% <clears throat> win percentage. In the playoffs, it was 1.93 goals against and a 92% save average. In 92-93, uh, he had a 3.2 goals against average with an 89% save percentage. And then in the playoffs, he upped it again, 2.13 goals against with a 92% save percentage. And in 95-96, 2.6 goals against with a 90% save percentage in the regular season. And in the playoffs, 2.1, the goals against average with a 92% save percentage. And in one of his finest seasons uh, that he had in 2000-2001, he had a 2.2 goals against average in the regular season with a 91% save percentage. And then the playoffs, 1.7 goals against average with a 93% save percentage. That's incredible. 1.7. That's less than two goals a game. I mean, that's incredible. He's a member. He was addicted to the Hockey Hall of Fame in 2006. And of all these goalies we're going to talk about tonight, he's the only one with the con with the Consmith Trophy. The only one. And he has three of them. Not one. Like Brian said, not one, not two, three. <laughs> that so, that so that's why he, in my opinion, is the greatest hockey goalie of all time. That, that there's a stat that's going to be hard to argue. He's also part of a very short list of goalies that won the Stanley Cup on two different teams. Uh, Mike Vernon comes to mind. I'm, I can't think of any more offhand. But, uh, Ole, I, I want to ask you about what, in my opinion, was the second biggest trade in NHL history. I mean, what were your thoughts on how Patrick kind of worked his way out of Montreal there, and, and what do you think of him as a, as a goalie? Well, first of all, I, I actually was watching that game live when uh, um, uh, it was Trombley, I believe, was let, let him in, let him in, let him in, or kept him in the net for all those goals against. I, yeah. I felt like there was obviously something behind the scenes that the head coach wanted to prove to his starting goalie, and uh, it obviously backfired. Um, you know, I, I've gotten to know Patrick a little bit. Uh, we both had. Um, uh, Craig Billington as partners. Um, when Billard came to Washington, we went to Colorado, and and Billard set up a dinner with, which could be in my eyes, probably one of the greatest dinners I've ever had. It was uh, Patrick Waugh, uh, Ray Bork, Adam Oates, Chris Simon, myself, Craig Billington, and it was just an absolute pleasure to sit there and and listen to Patrick talk. Um, very very passionate person. I mean, you guys have all seen that when he played. When he coached, um, I, I obviously, along with all the other um, goaltenders, either during or, or after his, you know, introduction, the NHL started to play more like more like Patrick with that butterfly style. He didn't, you know, obviously he didn't invent the style, but he refined it. And I think, um, you know, there are a lot of goalies, uh, especially during my era, um, that can attribute. Uh, uh, the way they played, thanks to Patrick. Um, you cannot argue with, with you know, I, I've got another good friend of mine, Kerry Price, plays for Canadians, and I always thought that, you know, Kerry has the perfect demeanor to play in a city like Montreal. Um, it is not a very easy place to play. It's not a very easy place to play as a goalie. And for what Patrick did, especially being a Quebec kid, a local kid, to go in there in his first year, win a Stanley Cup, to put up all those records that he did under that scrutiny, under that pressure, um, the three Conn Smythe trophies. Uh, again, it, it it is such. If it's not Dom, it's Patrick. If it's not Pat. It's it's such a fine line, 
And you cannot argue with what Patrick's done in the playoffs. There's no question. Um, you know, at the end of the day, really, as goalies, uh, you do get uh, you do get graded on what you did in the playoffs. Um, a lot of luck has to come with that. Your team has to be playing well, um, things like that. But uh, for for what he's done consistently throughout his his career, especially uh, come May through June, uh, is phenomenal. And um, I mean, it's it's six one way, half a dozen the other with with those two guys. Ryan, any goalie come to mind that was more willing to drop the gloves and fight than Patrick Wall? Ah, <laughs> uh, well, maybe Ron Hextall. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah Ron Hextall. But yeah, aside from those two, there I can't really think of any. <laughs> I mean, I can't remember how many times we've talked about the wars of Detroit and Colorado on this show, but uh, it's come up quite a bit. All right, let's let's move on to our next goalie. That's going to be Martin Brodeur. Brodora drafted by uh, New Jersey um, in 1990, was the 20th overall pick. Uh, he played 22 seasons in the NHL, 21 of them with New Jersey. In his final season, he finished up with St. Louis, uh, but he only had played like, seven games with them. Um, he won three Stanley Cups with New Jersey, five Eastern Conference Championships, 17 postseason uh, chances there that, that they made. Uh, Brodeur holds numerous NHL and franchise records for goaltenders. He ranks as the league's all-time regular season leader in wins, 691 wins, losses 397, shutouts 125, playoff shutouts 24, over 28,500 saves, and 1,266 games played. He won at least 30 games in 12 straight seasons between 95 and 08, and is the uh, only goalie in NHL history to have eight 40 win seasons. Um, he's a four-time Vezina Trophy winner, five-time William Jennings Trophy winner, a 10-time NHL All-Star. He also won the Calder Memorial Trophy um, in the minors. He is one of only 12 NHL goaltenders to score a goal, which none of your goalies have scored goals um, in the regular season, and only the second to do so in the playoffs. Uh, his three goals are the most of uh, NHL goaltenders. Um, he was a hybrid goalie. He played both stand-up, butterfly. Um, he was very good with the puck. Uh, he had great, good puck handling skills, great reflexes, great glove. Um, his puck handling, though, is what created the trapezoid behind the goal. And they actually called it the bro dorm uh, role, where they changed it to where the goalies can only play the puck in that trapezoid behind the net because his skills were, were that good. Uh, he had retired in the middle of the 2014-15 season when he was with the Blues. Um, he won two Olympic gold medals in 2002 and 2010 with Team Canada. He won a couple other uh, championship medals, uh, international competitions with Team Canada. He is one of the greatest of all time. Uh, in 2017, he was added to the 100 greatest NHL players list. And in 2018, he was elected into the Hall of Fame. He finished his career with a .912 save percentage, 2.24 goals allowed, uh, 9.19 save percentage and 2.02 .02 goals allowed in the playoffs, 45 assists and 47 points. And I'm going to give you this one little tidbit that I think bumps him over the other goalies that we're talking about tonight. He's the only goalie that we're talking about tonight that was featured on EA Sports NHL cover. Come on. 2000, I think it was 2000, uh, what was it, 14 or something? Uh, he was in the, uh, he was on the cover. Uh, none of your goalies were on EA Sports NHL cover. So uh, your, your trapezoid comment, I believe it had more to do with the trap than it did Brodeur because if they didn't put it in for Tom Barrasso, who spent his entire career behind the goal, then I, I don't think they were putting it in just for Brodeur. But I digress. Oli, let, let me ask you the question that is always asked about Brodeur. He played behind the greatest defensive system probably ever created in the, by an NHL coach. I mean, does that inflate his numbers? It, it might inflate his numbers, um, but it, I don't think it takes anything away from him as a goaltender. Um, if you talk to any any goaltender, they'll tell you that the hardest games to play are the ones where you're not getting a lot of action. And the thing that excelled Marty or made Marty so so great is he could play any type of game. He could play a game where it's – He's getting 15 shots, and he makes that one or two big saves. His team gets one goal, they win one nothing. Or the team, the team is, you know, brutal, whatever, banged up. 
he gets 45 shots and the team wins 2-1. He, he just had that ability. Um, I think what he had between the ears probably sets him, sets him apart from a lot of goaltenders, maybe aside from Patrick. But um, I mean, obviously we, we, we both kind of broke in at the same time. Um, I played a lot of games against Marty. Um, and, uh, you know, more times than not, I came out on the losing end. But, um, I mean, he's played almost 1,270 games um, in the regular season. Um, another over 200 in the playoffs. I mean, that is just crazy. I had a, I had a fantastic career, and I just played over 700. Um, so, um when you think that he's played, you know, 70% more games than I did and we broke into the same time, that just, that just says a lot about his, his durability, his uh, competitiveness. Um, and, and, you know, and, and a lot of his success too, as far as individual awards came later in his career. I don't think he won a Vesna trophy until, you know, uh, early to mid two thousands. I'm not on there, but I mean, you know, whereas younger guys, they usually win those awards early in their career. And then they just, you know, they managed to survive the rest of the way. He got better and better. And you can arguably say that his teams uh, defensively didn't, they got worse and worse. And yet his numbers remain the same. Jeez, um, uh, again, it, in my list, he's third. Um, but again, I, I mean, it, tomorrow it could be first on my list. I guess this is such a hard thing to determine I mean it, it really is it, it, it there's just so many different variables they're not all the same type goalie where Patrick was regimented butterfly uh Dom was all over the map you know Marty was a combination and Marty wore undersized gear he, he could have wore bigger gear for his for his size but he chose not to um just because it made him more mobile than that I thought out of the three he probably tracked the puck better um, his, his instincts, I think, uh, reading the play was maybe a touch better. Um, and yeah, it's puck handling, um, uh, was probably, you know, second, maybe it might've even been better than, than Hextall because I think he made better decisions with the puck. Um, but it, it, yeah, right today he's third on my list, but that is, that is just, it's a marginal, marginal, uh, difference. Much like seeing you in a Tampa Bay Lightning jersey, it was very hard seeing Brodeur in a St. Louis Blues jersey. Uh, yeah, very was, forgettable in my case. <laughs> it was forgettable in his case as well. I, I, I think they were one and done. Like I think they were knocked out in the first round. But Yeah, I think he, he went through the same thing I did. Um, I, I probably should have retired my last year in Washington. I think the same could have been uh, you know, said for him in Jersey, but it's that pride thing. You want to try to do it somewhere else and, you know, you should know better when to just call it a career. Well, let's move on to our final goalie tonight. And that was a guy who had no problem changing teams quite often. <laughs> That's going to be Eddie the Eagle, Ed Belfour. So 17-year career spanning from 89 to 07. So check this out. Eddie the Eagle, his goaltending coach, might have been the greatest goalie of all time, Vladislav Tretiak from, from Team Russia. So... Learned from the best, absolutely, right there. Uh, I played with Chicago, San Jose, Dallas, Toronto, and Florida. Um, you know, he's led the league in wins, saves, save percentage, goals against average, shutouts more than a few times. So he's got all those accolades on him. Six-time All-Star, Rookie of the Year. So he got the Calder Trophy in his, in his hardware there. He's got the Vezna twice as well. Four times with that William Jennings trophy. I know that's kind of like a combination thing, but he's still got four of them. Um, he was on the all-rookie team, two-time first NHL, all-NHL all team. He's also on the second all-NHL team. Of course, he's a Hall of Famer. All these guys are obviously Hall of Famers tonight. Went in on his first year in 2011. Um, he's one of only two players to win a Stanley Cup, Olympic gold medal, and an NCAA championship. The other was uh, Neil Broughton, who uh, wasn't a goalie, so he won that with Team USA there in the Olympics in 1980. But uh, and he also Belfour also has a gold at the Canada Cup. So if you throw that in, he's the only player to have all four of those. That is a a, a, a nice accolade, something he can hang his hat on. So 
I have the highest mountain to climb here tonight. I'm not going to pretend that I don't here. So let me start with Hassock. In Chicago, Belfour started over Hassock. When it, the time came to move one of them, we're, we're talking about some guys here who know hockey, Trediak and Mike Keenan. They chose to move Hassock, not Belfour. So that, that's, that's, that's what I'll say for Hassock. Uh, that's a reach, man. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't Hasek like a like a rookie or something, or like yeah. his second year. Hasek won six Vizinas after that trade. Come on, yeah. whatever, whatever. Remember, remember right. uh, the the year the, the the Penguins faced the Blackhawks. They pulled, they pulled uh, the oh, please, for Hasek. Please, Mike Mike Keenan pulls his goalie like I pull a piece <laughs> of bread out of the bread drawer. Uh, it's like all the time. <laughs> So uh, at Belfort, he also he took two different teams to the Stanley Cup Finals with three trips total because he got Chicago there and he got Dallas there twice. So um, he didn't have Broder's defensive system in front of him, especially when he was in Chicago. You know, Keenan was run and gun, wear you out type coach. And I did a little bit with Hitchcock in Dallas. but um, And then just one final stat that, that I thought was pretty cool. Belfour, he, he had a bit of a temper as well. He, he wouldn't take crap from anybody. 380 penalty minutes. That is good for fourth all time. And that puts him behind Hextall, Billy Smith, and Barrasso. So, you know, he didn't take any crap either. I, I would have thought Wall had a lot more penalty minutes than what he did, but he, apparently he didn't. So Belfour's fourth all time in that. So, Ole, like I said, I had a high hill to climb. What are your thoughts on Eddie the Eagle? He, he moved around a lot. I don't know if it was because he was wearing out his welcome or he just wanted to leave. But what are your thoughts on him as a goaltender? I think it's a little bit of – yeah, I think that's a little bit of truth to that. Eddie did kind of wear guys thin a little bit. But he's one of those guys, along with those other three, that who do you want on the net in a game seven when the game is on the line? I mean, he's right up there with one of those guys. And, uh, um, you know, he might not have had the defensive help that – that, that Marty had, but obviously with those, I look at the teams in Chicago and Dallas, um, I mean, the offense was there. So, you know, um, as a goaltender, when you know you're getting a lot of offense, there's still a little bit of freedom in there. Um, and uh, maybe you, you don't play quite as tense, but um, again, you can't argue with what Eddie did. I mean, he played one year in college and won, won the NCAA, um, you know, uh, I, I personally have a, a bad, just from a personal meeting or a personal um, confrontation I had with Eddie at an all-star game, I kind of had a bad taste in my mouth from him. So uh, obviously my, my, my opinion is a little tainted, but um, you can't argue with, with, with the numbers just under 1,000 games. Uh, you know, 920 save percentage in the playoffs, uh, two cups, I mean um, – what, what can you say? He's 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 a Hall of Famer, and he's there's a reason why he's in the Hall of Fame. But and on on this list, in my opinion, he's fourth. You are not the only player to tell me that there's a bad taste in Freddie <laughs> Belfort. So it's all good. Don't worry about that. Uh, uh, apparently, he makes a pretty good whiskey. Oh, okay. All I think right. he I think he runs a distillery now with his son in Dallas. All right, there you go. So my opinion might change once I taste the whiskey. <laughs> there you go. All right, fair enough. All right, so we got our full goalie snap. We're going to move into our vote. Brian, you're up in my uh, upper corner there. Who are you taking? Can't pick your own, guys. All right. Well, I've been I've been bouncing back and forth uh, all night as I heard all you guys. You guys did a great job, you know, breaking these goalies down. Um, for me, I think I'm going to I got to go with Patrick Waugh. Uh, he just sort of set that standard and. I mean, he stayed good for a long time, too, so I'm going to go with him. Rollo. I probably saw Brodeur play the most because he played against the, the Penguins the most. Oh, he went on mute. He was 48, 28, and 5 against the Penguins, so I'm going to have to go with Brodeur. Brodeur, all right. Kevin? Smart man, Rollo, smart man. Brodor had 60 more shutouts than Patrick Waugh. 60. 50 more than Belfour. And 40 more than... The, the arguments are over. What's your vote? Just throwing it out there. <laughs> um, 
Man, this is tough. Um, I, I agree um, that Belfort is number four on this list, so I'm definitely not going with him. So it comes down to Dominator or Waugh, and Waugh always kicked me off against my Detroit Red Wings. Hasek played for my Red Wings. I just feel like Waugh was a better goalie than Hasek. Not better than Brodeur, but he's better than Hasek, so I'm going to go with Waugh. So I'm going to go next here. Here, here, here's the thing. I knew Belfort didn't have a chance, so I'll just throw that out there. I cannot vote for Brodeur, Kevin. I, I, I'm sorry. I just cannot vote for him. I I feel that trap. I mean, they've done everything to eliminate the trap now in the NHL with the rules. So I, 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 it, it, that just irritates me. So I, I can't vote for Brodeur. Now, between Wall and Hasek, like, it comes down to this. If I'm in a seven-game series – this is really weird, but, like, I feel like in a seven-game series, I want Wall, but if I want to win one game, I want Hasek. <laughs> so that makes it really hard for me to decide, but I think I'm going to go with Wall because he did it. He did it in Montreal. Winning in Canada, it, there's a lot more pressure on you. So I'm, I'm going to take Wall. Ole, on to you. Yeah, I, I think I'm taking Patrick, too, for that same reason, um, with what he did in that city. It's, uh, it's like a quarterback in Dallas or a pitcher for the Yankees. I mean, if you can do it there, you can do it anywhere. And, and uh, I mean, Marty had to pass him with all the statistical um, records. So, uh, uh, yeah, Patty, number one, uh, Don, two, Marty, three. But again, a sliver between between all three. So that's three votes for Wall tonight. One for Hasek, one for Brodeur. Win goes to Patrick Wall. Rollo with the win. Rollo, you got the win. You got first question for our guest tonight. Oli, you got this great charity that's named after your son. Can you tell me a little bit? Tell us a little bit about how I got started and what made you want to start the charity. Yeah. So my son, um, back in uh, in, in two thousand. And two was diagnosed with uh, PDD, which is a form of autism. Um, they don't they don't defy that as PDD anymore. But um, uh, and so when it was obviously devastating when my wife and I got the uh, diagnosis, um, we didn't at that time didn't know a whole lot about it. We just knew it wasn't really, it wasn't great. And after doing a lot of research on it, you you we became even more uh confused um the the amount of the amount of stuff that's out there as far as therapies and everything it was just a little too overwhelming and and um and so i got put in touch with scott mellenby and then my my great my best friend byron defoe the following year son got diagnosed with with autism so the three of us uh started an athletes against autism uh charity and, and shortly after we did that i i started the carson Kolzik foundation um for my local area here in, in southeastern Washington State, and 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 basically it it, it it's um, we, we help fund the uh, Responding to Autism Center, which is a facility where parents can go and um, they can get a diagnosis if they're unsure uh, about their about their child, and then they can get directed into to what services are out there that are available for them, so that they don't have to go on the internet and 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 just be overwhelmed by all the information that that's that's out there and. Um, you know, we've raised in the, uh, well, yeah, it's almost 20 years now, 17 years, we've raised a million and a half dollars for it. So, wow. um, obviously something near, near and dear my, my wife's and I heart. So thanks for, uh, thanks for asking. You can find out charity websites, www.carsonolzigfoundation.org. So if you're listening, get on there, check it out, see what you can do. Help them out guys. Brian, go ahead. So in uh, 2008, you became the uh, goaltender of the Lightning, um, you know, after so many years of Washington. And then upon your return to Washington uh, that season, you were given a huge ovation and, uh, the, you know, your Capitals highlights were put on the Jumbotron at the MCI Center. Uh, so what did that tribute mean to you and, and what message do you have for those longtime Capitals fans out there? It probably would have meant a lot more to me. Other than the fact we were down three nothing before uh, that first TV timeout to see that uh, to see that video, so I I really wasn't in the best of moods at the time. Um, 
but I got to watch it. I got to watch it a few days after uh, I got emailed to me and I, and I watched it again. And it obviously it, uh, it hit me emotionally. I mean, I, I had a little bit of a falling out with the caps the year before and, and in hindsight, you know, like I said earlier, uh, like what Marty should have done, we should, both should have retired with, with the same team that drafted us. And uh, uh, but your ego gets the best of you, and you want, you think you can still do it, and uh, your mind says one thing, your body says something else. And uh, but anyway, um, I uh, for the fans in Washington, they they were the best. Um, I uh, I was they they knew about my whole falling out the year before, and I was received really well in that game. And, um, but just throughout my, my career in Washington, uh, uh, they were always very supportive. They always had my back. Um, even when I was going through things with my, with my son, um, and now, uh, you know, working for them in the player development department, whenever I come back in for training camp or, or, you know, watch a game during the season, everybody's always, you know, asking me when my, when my jersey's going to be retired and all this stuff. So, uh, it, it, it truly, um, it's really had a really good, uh, really good relationship with the city of Washington. Kevin. So you were, uh, you were on the Capitals for the, uh, the debut of Ovechkin, um, and, and that battle between Crosby and Ovechkin. Uh, so tell me what it was like playing with a young Ovechkin coming into the league and, and seeing that, uh, rivalry between the two. Well, he, you know, Ovi came um, right after the lockout. So uh, we, he was a beacon of, of hope for us because we, we basically gutted our team three years prior. And, and uh, so for two or three years, we were, we were, I won't say the laughing stock, but we, we were going through some tough times in DC and, and, um, you know, Sid was in, in Pitt and, and Ovi was washed. And both teams were, were coming out of some very, very dark times, but, um, you know, when he first came, we saw him at training camp and got to know him, and we knew right away this kid was special. He, uh, you know, he wasn't your typical European, especially Eastern European, who are, you know, they're standoffish, uh, untrustworthy. Uh, you know, they, they kind of wait till uh, they get to know people and they trust them before they open up, and not Ovi. He, he was – what you see now is what Ovi was back then. He was gregarious, open, wanted to learn English, wanted to room with the North American kids so you could know the, get to know the culture. Um and then obviously that rivalry with with him and Sid. I mean, it was it was uh, it was dynamite. And then you know you saw the evolution of the Penguins, you saw the evolution of the Capitals, and then more talent added to both teams. And yeah, Ovi and, and, and Sid were the you know the marquee guys. But boy, those when those two teams played, it was uh, it was cold on television. It was you know the highest you know highest viewed games during the season when they were on national TV and. Uh, um, but, you know, to see Sid come out last year, this summer, and, and say that he'd like to see Obi break Gretzky's record, I mean, that says a lot about the respect they have, um, which is maybe something you didn't see with how they acted on the ice. But I think Sid really respects what Ovi can do. And I know, I know in the dressing room, Ovi really respects some of what, uh, what Crosby can do. So I want to talk to you about your international play. You were in two Olympics there with uh, Germany. So let's see how do I word this one so when you guys go into that you know you're playing against basically NHL all-star teams and Germany you guys had you know you had a handful of NHL players with you but not like full roster full of, of all-stars so I mean obviously you go in to win but like what what is your team's thoughts when you when you know you're going to be playing that type of caliber opponents well, there's there's no sugarcoating it. I mean, we knew they were the, they were the big six, and and then there were the rest of us that qualified. So I think the first uh, the first one we went to in Nagano, um, we were we were in flight when Germany was playing. I think it was Kazakhstan, and we had to beat Kazakhstan to get into the medal round, and they lost. So you know, my first my first uh, couple games I played against uh, France and. Uh, um, Slovakia and and Slovakia had a, you know they had they had a strong team they had some they had some really good NHL players unfortunately they didn't qualify either so I mean I, I had a great you know introduction to the Olympics I was two and zero but the, to me it was that was secondary it was the Olympic experience is second none um, you know you're 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 surrounded by uh, just a number of world class athletes and, and and nobody really gave a rip if you 
um, you know, if you were the star in the NHL or you were, you know, Joe Amateur that, that was working at the mill, you know, the week before the Olympics. So everybody um, was just an on and it just, it was just a great time. Um, I missed, I missed Salt Lake. I, I went to Salt Lake uh, to be part of the team, but I'd gotten injured the day before um, I was supposed to leave. So I was hoping I was going to be ready for that second, second week in Salt Lake, but I wasn't, but it was still great to be there. And then um, went to Italy in Turin. So um, yeah, we knew it was going to be tough no matter who we played. And, and in Turin, we played, um, we ended up playing Canada. Uh, I think we did respect, we're respectable. I think we lost 6-2 and uh, we got trounced by the Swedes in Salt Lake 7-1. Um, but you know what? It was the start. It was the start of German hockey. There were, you know, there were noticeable guys in the league now that, um, not to say that I was a true German. I was German based on my, my parents being German. It wasn't like I was born and raised there. But, um, you know, to have the youngsters there um, that are playing in the NHL now, seeing those guys and then wanting to be wanting to be hockey players. And, you know, I knew, was it three years ago, that that having not having the NHL guys at the Olympics was going to benefit probably Germany more than any other team in that tournament because Germany, Germany generally had the least amount of NHL guys there. And so, I mean, to think that we were two minutes away from winning the gold medal that year was, was incredible. Um, but nonetheless, we won the silver, and that was still an accomplishment. And, and I think because of that, you're going to see German hockey become better and better. You see the impact with some of the players that are in, in the league now. Um, it's uh, German hockey really, uh, is really going to be in the forefront here soon. Your uh, 1.00 goals against average, that may be the best all-time in Olympic history. <laughs> Didn't know if you yeah, knew that. Yeah, again. but I, yeah, I guess, yeah, I'll just hang my head on that. Let's just hang my head on that. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> Brian, go ahead. Okay, well, let me take you back to uh, March 10th, 2004 versus Buffalo. Uh, you made an amazing diving save to your left in front of a wide-open net. Uh, what was going uh, through your mind during that, and what do you remember about that play? I can't remember two weeks from that, or two weeks ago. What you, <laughs> 2004 against Buffalo. We weren't yeah, very good. I think I got that right here. And that might be it right there, the dive. I believe it is, yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> like the first thing that comes up when you when you Google uh, Oli Kolzig. <laughs> yeah, well, they don't teach that now in goaltending. I mean, the, 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 the soccer goalie dive is kind of taken out of the, uh, the playbook now, but um, – you know, I, back then, and I'd like to see more and more goalies get that back, is that that inst instinctual uh, part to the game where you're just doing anything and everything you can to stop the puck, even though it might not look pretty. I mean, I think a lot of these goalies now are a little too robotic and they're, they're you know, um, they're really keen on, 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 on getting square on every shot, which is impossible to do, just – for that image that you just showed it, you know, I think I was, um, I was locked in on a shooter who had, who passed it off to a back door. And, and because I was locked in, I couldn't, I couldn't get there on my feet. So I just did what I thought I had to do to stop the puck. And, and, um, and that's what, uh, you know, you saw that with, with, with Brodeur, you saw that with Hasek, you saw that with, with Belfort, you saw that with Law, Hextall, all those, all those goalies of that era had that, that instinctual, parts of their game and, and I, I wish I could see uh I'd like to see more goalies bring that back a little bit. Rollo. Who are your top three goalies in the game right now? Right now? I have to say Vasilevsky. Yeah. <laughs> uh I know I know it hasn't had a great start this year with Chicago, but the team's not great either. But I mean I, I was actually so shocked they traded the Vezina Trophy winner last year when Vegas traded Flurry. Um, and until he shows me that he's declining, he, he's right up there. Um, uh, I mean, unfortunately, he's not with Montreal right now, but Carey Price, um, especially with the run he had last year, I think he was getting back to his his old form. Um no Gibson? Uh, what's that? No Gibson out in Anaheim? I mean, he never well, has a great I team. I don't watch – I don't watch – well, obviously, I'm a lot older now. I go to bed a lot earlier. But um, <laughs> I don't watch a lot of the West Coast games. 
Um, first of all, they don't intrigue me because, quite frankly, the West Coast right now is struggling. They don't have a lot of dynamite teams in San Jose, L.A., or uh, Anaheim. Uh, I mean, can't argue with the way Freddie Anderson's playing right now in Carolina. Um, but, you know, he's obviously got to do that over the long haul where these other three guys that I mentioned, they've, they've done it year in and year out. So, um, yeah, I'd say those are my three right now. Kevin? I got I got kind of like a, a two-parter, but they're not related, but I just want to know. So first one is, is um, I think I read somewhere where you talked about some of the best trash talkers in the league while you were playing. So if you could just kind of go over who, who was the best trash talker to you and then what, what did it mean to you to get that third uh, 300th win for your career? Uh, well, I'll answer the second one first. Uh, that, that was that was phenomenal. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a milestone that only you know at the time I think twenty guys had, um, and there's been a lot. There's been a few more guys since then that have added to that total. But uh, I, I think for me, it speaks more about my longevity than it does. Um, I guess my overall success because I did start out really slow. Um, I don't think I became a starter till till uh, 97, 98. Um, and then I had that, that great you know, seven, eight year run and then we dismantled the team. And then so there was a nice middle block where I, I, I did a lot of, I got most of my wins and, and who knows, maybe if I had figured it out a little bit earlier when I was younger um, and we didn't blow up those teams, you know, later on. Maybe, you know, I could have been closer to 400, but uh, regardless, no regrets. I had a, uh, I was fortunate that I had an organization that believed in me and gave me that amount of time to develop. And because um, I don't think that'd be the case nowadays with, with the salary cap. As far as trash talking goes, oh, geez, I try to remember the guys. Matthew Barnaby was up there. Uh, <laughs> and I played with Barney in Rochester one year when I was loaned out. Um, oh, God. Dale Hunter was, was, was a classic. Uh, Sean Avery, but I didn't respect Sean Avery. I just, you know, um, and I don't think a lot of guys did. I know Marty didn't didn't uh, respect him. Uh, God, who else? Seems there was a lot more back then. Those old school guys, they had they had a lot of wit. Craig Ruby was good, but he was on my team, fortunately. Um, Brendan Witt was good. He was on my team. Um, yeah, so it, I don't know why I never got a lot of trash talking against me. I mean, I was a pretty – I didn't have the penalty minutes that that Eddie had, but I wasn't afraid to, to get in people's faces and, you know, give them a chop here and there. So, um, you know, and back then I was, you know, one of the bigger guys. I was, you know, 6'3", 230. And, um, yeah, weren't so you nicknamed Godzilla? Yeah, yeah. They, I got that nickname in uh, in uh, in Rochester. Uh, I was big. I was fiery. I wore my emotions on my sleeve. I came to a game one day and said, "Nobody beats Godzilla," and it kind of just stuck. So, right. so we'll get you out of here with this. Um, I'm going to have to make a two-parter too because I had two questions that I really wanted to ask. So, what was your, th what was the, your, not just your thoughts, but the team's thoughts when you heard the enemy, Yarmer Yager, has been traded? to the Washington Capitals. And then also, uh, you were part of the 2018 coaching staff, correct, for the Capitals? Uh, not 18. Oh, no, yeah, no, and I'm not coaching staff, but I was player development. Player development, yeah. right, yeah. right. So, I mean, you being a former goalie, what was your thoughts on them not starting Holpe in that first round of the playoffs? So to go back to Yags, um, I mean, at the time, I think we were – yeah, obviously we hated it. We hated everybody from Pittsburgh, but um, you know, at the time, I, I it was like, wow, we really made this deal. Like we're getting Yarmar Yager, and and so you don't <laughs> you don't know what type of person you're getting or what type of Yags was a very up and down player, up and down, up and down emotionally. And you could tell when he just walked through the door, if his shoulders were down, you knew he wasn't going to wasn't going to have it that night. And if he came bebopping in with a smile on his face, he was going to be dominant. And uh, I just think it was a little, it was just, just 
too inconsistent. He's still a great player, but I don't think it was the player that uh, that we I think we all envisioned when uh, you know we played against them. Um, but it was it was worth in everybody's eyes at that point. It was worth the gamble, and um, it just it obviously just didn't work out. But um, yeah, you know, at that time in in, in 2018, uh, up until the All Star break, Holtz was was phenomenal. He was one of the best guys in the league, and then. And uh, for whatever reason, his game dropped off a little bit after the All-Star All -Star game, and, and Groobies took off. And, um, you know, Coach had to make a decision going into that first round um, because there, were, there was a lot of pressure on us. Um, you know, Vince was going to be Trotsky's third year, and, um, you know, we had a couple disappointing exits. And uh, and so this was our window. We knew our window was starting to close a little bit as a, as a, as a team. So he made the decision to start groovy based on how he was playing um at the end of the season and uh you know the the logic was if he couldn't do it that you know you had a world-class goaltender that could come in and 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 we all knew what Braden was like we knew Braden was going to be the, the guy that was on the bench pouting and um in fact I think it was probably the best thing that happened because he came in and in, in, in relief in game two and and he had a bit of a chip on his shoulder and uh and his, he just he just his game just took off again and, and it's 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 exactly what our, our what our team needed and uh, I think everybody fed off that and as a result you know we ended up winning the Stanley Cup that year. I represented the 2018 Capitals on a, a debate show here with uh, John and Claire was the guest that night. Um, yeah that team was just you guys were loaded and and well well deserved for Ovechkin. He that man deserved a Stanley Cup. I I, I know a lot of Penguins fans didn't like seeing him gated i personally loved loved it i think i love the way he plays hockey plays it hard so i think it was i think it was great for the game and i think yeah i would have been sad if he if he ended his career without winning one and uh, hopefully we can win another one for sure right well thank you so much for joining us tonight Oli kolzik <laughs> that's just a fantastic fantastic goalkeeper right there goaltender uh, just honored to have you on. I want to remind everybody, too, to hit subscribe on whatever you're listening on. Also, check out his charity. That's www.carsonolzigfoundation.org. So check that out, everybody. Thank you for joining us tonight. Have a great night.